In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. The Coptic month of Amshir, the readings of Sundays, address the Eucharist, the communion. The first three Sundays are the readings from John chapter 6, because this chapter is very, very important in understanding the Eucharist. The people after the Lord has fed them from five loaves and two fish start looking for the Lord and seeking for him. Not because they believed that he is the Messiah, but because they thought he would be an excellent earthly king. Because he fed 5,000 families from five loaves and two fish. And I'm saying families because men other than the women of the children. And if I'm assuming every man from these 5,000 has three, his wife and two children, or speaking about 20,000. And during that time, the family were eight persons, 10 persons, not only four. But if we speak about four persons, I'm speaking about 20,000 persons. So if the Lord actually was able to feed 20,000 persons from five loaves and two fish, according to their mind, this would be an excellent earthly king. They will have no problem in economy. So after they found the Lord Jesus Christ the next day, the Lord told them, you are seeking me not because you have seen signs and you believed, not because you believed that I am the Son of God, I am the Messiah. You are seeking me because you ate from the bread and you were filled. Then he told them, do not labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life, which the Son of Man will give you. He told them, all of you are laboring, working very hard for the food that perishes, what we eat, what we drink, what we wear. But I want you to labor more for the food that endures to everlasting life, which is actually the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Because as the Lord said in John chapter 6, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no eternal life abiding in you. At that time, they did not understand what he meant by labor for the food which endures to everlasting life. So they asked him a very good question, actually. What shall we do that we may work the works of God. You told us, labor for the food that endures to eternal life. We want to do this. So what are these works? What are the works that we should do? So the Lord told them a very simple answer. You need to believe in me because Jesus is the only way to eternal life. He is the way the truth and the life. No one can go to heaven except through Jesus. As we read in John chapter 3, he who believes in the Son will have eternal life. 
But he who does not believe in the Son will not see eternal life. But the wrath of God will come upon him. And believing in the Son, not just we believe that he is the Messiah, he is the Son of God who became man, but to believe in his teaching, to follow his footsteps, that's what believing in the Son means. Believing in the revelation that he revealed to us. Not just believe that he is the Son of God. As St. James said, do you believe that God exists? Well, even the demons believe so. But our faith should be a living faith, translated into works. So he told them, do you want to do the works of God? Believe in me, believe in my teaching, believe in my commandments, follow my footsteps. So they asked him a very strange question. They told him what sign you would do to believe in you. Although the previous day he fed 5,000 men other than women and children from five loaves and two fish. As if this sign was not enough for them. And again, their mind was preoccupied by earthly food. So they compared him to Moses. And they told him, Moses actually gave us manna from heaven. And he fed the people in the wilderness of Sinai for 40 years. You fed us just yesterday. Can you do like Moses? Can you bring food from heaven to feed us for 40 years at least? If you do this, maybe we'll believe in you. The Lord responded to this and he told them, Most assuredly, I say to you, Moses did not give you the bread from heaven, but my father gave you the true bread from heaven. What did he mean by this? Yes, Moses gave you the food. Your fathers ate the manna and died. But when the father sent me, Jesus Christ, to the world, and I give you my body and my blood to eat it and drink it, then the eternal life will abide in you. So this is the true bread. The manna that was given by Moses is just a symbol, a symbol to the true bread. And the true bread is myself. I am the bread who came down from heaven. When actually he said this, they start to grumble. Is this Jesus, the son of Joseph, and we know his family? How he is saying that I am the bread who came from heaven. So the Lord told them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him. And I will raise him up at the last day. Does the Father have partiality? So he brings some people to believe in the Son and leave some people out? No. That's why the Lord explained it. And he told them, Everyone who has learned and heard from the Father comes to me. So the Father revealed to us who is the Son through the prophets. So he told them, go and search the prophets. Go and search the book of Moses, 
the five books of Moses and the prophets. And all these speak about me. So when you believe in me, the Father actually sent you all this teaching in order to believe in me that I am the bread of life. That's why he told them, it is written in the prophets, and they shall all be told by God. Go and read the prophets. Isaiah prophesied about me, Moses prophesied about me, Jeremiah, Elijah, all the prophets prophesied about me. And this manna that you ate in the wilderness is a symbol (coughs) to the Eucharist, to my body and my blood on the altar. And then in the rest of the chapter, he told them, my body is food indeed. My blood is drink indeed. Unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you will have no eternal life abiding in you. St. Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 11 clarified something very important. Not just when we eat his body and his drink his blood, automatically we will have eternal life. But we need to approach the Eucharist worthily. St. Paul explained worthily means by examining yourself and living the life of repentance. Because those who approach the communion unworthily, not only they will not have eternal life, but they are guilty of the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's why the readings of today, the Pauline letter, the Catholic letter, Praxis, all of them are preparing us how to partake from communion worthily. In the Pauline letter today, from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 1, he said, Therefore, since a promise remains of entering his rest, lest fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. So he's saying, yes, there is a promise to enter the eternal life. And this promise, through partaking of his body and his blood. But be careful, lest some of you have come short of it. And he gives the example of the Israelites who left the land of Egypt in the Exodus. Not all of them entered the promised land. Although they followed God in the Old Testament and they left the land of Egypt, started their journey in the wilderness of Sinai toward the promised land, but not all of them entered the promised land, as he said. For indeed, the gospel, the good news, was preached to us. What good news? going to the promised land, the eternal life, as well as to them, to the Israelites. But the word which they heard did not profit them. Although God told them, leave Egypt, you will go to the promised land. But this word did not profit them. Why? Because not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. They started the journey, but they rebelled against God. In the same way, we started the journey. We were baptized. We believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are partaking of his body and his blood. But 
if we are rebelling, rebelling means not obeying his commandment, not living the righteous life, not living the life of repentance. So the good news that we, when we eat his body and his blood, or drink his blood, will have eternal life abiding in us, this good news will not profit us unless we live the life of repentance. In the Catholic letter from Jude, he told us, you need to build yourself up on your most holy faith. Not only to believe, but you need actually to build yourself up. And he told us, in order to build yourself up, you need to do the practices, what we call it, means of grace. The means by which we enter into the grace of God and the grace of God work in us to transform us. He told us, pray in the Holy Spirit. Keep yourself in the love of God, looking for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ unto eternal life. St. Jude told us it is not only enough to repent and to live life of repentance, which means to forsake sinful life, but you need to grow. You need to build yourself up. Usually in repentance, there are two dimensions. To leave what is bad and to pursue what is good. Leaving what's bad only is not enough. But you need to leave what's bad and to pursue what is good. Then in the Praxis, Book of Acts, chapter 20, the church shared with us the beautiful story of raising Eutychus from dead with the Eucharist. Also teaches us that the day of communion is the Lord's day, is the day of Sunday. That's why the church actually celebrates Eucharist on each Sunday of the year. We read in Acts chapter 20, verse 7, Now on the first day of the week when the disciples came together to break bread. In the book of Acts, breaking bread refers to the Eucharist. Eating food refers just to regular food. So breaking bread means Eucharist. And here we know that the church celebrates Eucharist on Sunday. And the song of Sunday is the song of Eucharist. What do I mean by this? Usually, the song of resurrection, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. That is the psalm of resurrection. Because the day of resurrection is the day which the Lord has made. Because if Jesus did not rise from the dead, our faith will be nothing. So the church used the same psalm, this is the day which the Lord has made, to be the song of each Sunday when you come early and you attend the offering of the Lamb, the deacons actually chant, this is the day which the Lord has made, let us rejoice and be glad in it. Some people, for some reason or another, choose to attend the liturgies on other days of the week, not on Sunday. For example, it is shorter. Some people, they say, I'm not going to go to church on Sunday. I will go on Wednesday. I will go on Friday, but not on Sunday. 
I think that's not right. Because Sunday is the day of the Lord. And I will give you example how our fathers and grandfathers were very determined to celebrate Eucharist on Sunday. As you know, in Egypt, the weekend is Friday, not Sunday. But our fathers insisted to go to the church on Sunday. But Sunday is a working day in Egypt. Because they insisted and demanded to worship the Lord on Sunday, and they were not content to worship on Friday, the weekend in Egypt. So that's why the government, which is not Christian, give the Christian privilege to go to work late on Sunday in order to pray and then to go to, to work after this. I'm sharing this to, to let you know how our fathers understood and lived by this fact that the day of the worship, mainly Sunday, yes, if you want to attend Wednesday, Friday, any other day extra, this okay. It's more blessing. But the day of the worship is Sunday. I cannot imagine a Christian sitting in his home on Sunday and not coming to the church. Sunday is the day of the worship. In Acts chapter 20, we, we heard about Eutychus who fell from the third floor and died. And then St. Paul, after he finished the, the liturgy or the prayer, we read in verse 11 and verse 12, Now when he had come up, had broken the bread, that's the time of communion, and eaten, so they ate communion, and talked a long while, even till daybreak, he departed and they brought the young man in alive. Eutychus who died, they brought him alive, and they were not a little comforted. And as you know here, they started from Saturday night, they did vigil all night, and they ended at the daybreak in the morning. And that's why in the church, when we celebrate the Eucharist on Sunday, we start from Saturday night. Start from Saturday by Vesper, then midnight praises, then we come in the morning for matins, and then the divine liturgy. That's why the liturgical day starts by evening and ends by day. Like the days of creation, it was evening and morning. Why we start by evening? Because with Eucharist, we move from darkness to light. We start in darkness, but through communion and through living with God, we who were sitting in darkness and the shadow of death, then he gave us light. A great light has shone upon them. So the church actually today is telling us, labor not for the food which perishes. God knows that we need to eat, we need to drink, we need to wear. And he will provide all these things for us. But labor for the food which endures to everlasting life. What will give you eternal life? This Eucharist. But in order to partake of it, you need to partake of it worthily. By living the life of repentance, by building yourself up on your holy faith, and by worshipping the Lord 
according to his order how we worship him. When we live life of repentance, we forsake what is evil and we build ourselves up on our holy faith, then pursue righteousness and sanctification and worship God as he ordered and as he commanded us. That is how we work for the food which endures to everlasting life. That's why next Sunday you will hear the story of Zacchaeus. How, when the Lord entered into the house of Zacchaeus, salvation actually happened to this house. In the same way, when the Lord entered into our life and abide in us, and we in him through Eucharist, then salvation is actually granted to these people who partake from his body and his blood worthily. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen.